I'm just going to go ahead and get this recording rolling. Uh, we were talking a little bit about that mark of the beast, uh, just while the prayer card's circulating here. <clears throat> um, that's going to be a tribulation sort of a thing. Um, and, you know, by that point in the tribulation, nations will many of them have collapsed and with the collapse of any nation its monetary system goes down too um, the dollar is going on the merits of american history really and we've you know uh now all of this stuff about we're in debt by 80 trillion dollars i don't um I haven't been able to really get my mind around what that really means. And then they're wringing their hands over, well, the Chinese have bought them the uh, Chrysler building in New York and all this land. Well, they didn't pick it up and take it back to China. It's still here. Um, Bill Gates has bought all this agriculture land. And I was telling those federal agents that were with us this last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? I said, farm it anyway. I said, if we get to the point where these oligarchs are buying up land, and one of them was Bureau of Land Management Officer, too. I said, they're, they're buying it up for the express purpose of nobody being able to raise food. Plant Steak corn, claim. plant wheat. Hmm? Stake claim. claim. You bring in the cattle, you know, and set up your sentries, right? So, you know, and they send, they send they, all they got going to first meet local cops. And, you know, tell your, tell your county sheriff, say, look, these people that have nothing to do with the American interests have purchased this property and they're laying, they, they claim to own it, but uh, don't police it. Don't police it because they don't deserve to have it policed. And go ahead and um, let us grow crops and you all and your families will be taken care of too. And uh, the sheriff can tell the state police to pound sand mm -hmm. for the most part, <clears throat> you know, so, and, and the certainly the feds, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you got a good sheriff and you got a system like that, you know, I think it'd be good. You know, uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to starve us out. They can't make us run because we're old boys raised on shotguns. Who's saying that? <laughs> Hank Jr. Yeah. All right, the prayer list, uh, I want to pray that earnestly that these wildfires that the uh, cabal has set in Canada will come to an end and that those responsible would be caught. I mean, it looks like we're living in Louisiana out there right now. You can't see a mountain in the distance because of the smoke from all these fires that they have certainly set because they popped out all over in different places. So, um, Seven blazers from space. They very well could be. And may God curse their efforts and their little machines too. Um, and those that are responsible be caught. Boss is back. Boss uh, is back. Your phone is right here, sweetie. Well, thanks. I was going to have you pray for somebody, and I can't remember now who it was. Okay. Well, we'll certainly keep Dot on the prayer list. Yeah. I got Mrs. Davis on here. Well, God knows who it was, huh? No worries. Yeah, it was uh, um, Roxanne and Mike Burton. Okay. Heard anything from Ocean? No. I'll get a call out of the blue every now and then from him. He's in Gambia, West Africa. Did you get food? <clears throat> Bud, did you get some food? Oh, I ate before. My wife and I came from Roanoke, and we, we ate okay. up there. You want some dessert? There's apple pie, peach pie, and He does. Blondies. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> 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 and some blondies. Uh, they're sort of like brownies, but they're blondies. Yeah. I'll take peach. You said you got peach? Peach pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. It's good, too. <laughs> We're already getting hot in here, I'm afraid. Anybody else? Getting there. Getting there. Switch up. It's about 80 degrees outside, I think. Let me check. Let me fact check. It's 82 outside right now, so we've got to have it. I can't, can't sit here and bathe in sweat. Not a pretty sight if it's me. Oh, wow. Marta and Charles and Sebron, our children and our grandchildren. Quit modifying the weather. John and Ruby, Vassie and Linda, 
Marcos for his son, Salvation, and his family. Miss Davis, Reverend Davis's wife and the family there. And Bob uh, got pray for Mike and uh, blessing his heart and, and his soul and drawing him to the Lord. We pray for our country and the leaders to actually do the right thing. And then people in Europe, Jarrett, to let his lip, what is it? The biopsy. Biopsy comes back benign. Roxanne and Mike, and that's a Burton. Um, they both had some troubles. Mike's had a lot of heart surgery, and Roxanne fell and broke an arm and a hip. An arm and a leg. An arm and a leg. On the, on the right side. Danny Taylor. He's having surgery tomorrow. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going to operate on his colon, which is attached, somehow attached to his, his bladder and maybe breaking into his bladder. Goodness. Well, hopefully all that will be well. Lift him up too and pray for those lost that need to come to the truth and need to come to salvation. Protection and wisdom for Donald Trump and for politicians in general. Pray for our children, for our country, for Eric, for Rex. Did I tell you I spoke to Rex the other day, Ron? No. Huh? Yeah, he was sitting there at the gas station. Uh, well, we went by. And we that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all went by. And I just How, how's he? He's hanging in there. He still waiting on disability help, you know. Yeah. And I don't know why it's taking so long. We're praying for Ted, for America, for this country in this coming year and the elections. Praying for patriots. We've seen that Patriot Front bunch that they got their masks on and their glasses. I watched on Twitter the other day, they got mobbed by some real Patriots, and they unmasked three of them. Did you see that? Uh, I saw, I didn't know that they unmasked three. I saw yeah, they unmasked one of them. They're deep state thugs. They, in fact, some of them were implicit in some of the BLM stuff. Yeah, one so. of them is, a, 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 from what I understand, is a senior in college. He wants to go to work for the government. He posted that on some yeah. profile. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So he's probably already informed. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he's paying his tuition problem. Uh, Jessica Sizemore and family, Dot Ayers. Let's get John Park on here. I wish they'd give him some time off. You can't get young people to work anymore. That's they won't true. work. So these businesses are staying in business a lot of times with folks that are John's age. And, you know, just, uh, it's unreal. But let's join hands. <clears throat> and Heavenly Father God, we lift these concerns up to You, praising You, Lord, that Your kingdom should come and that Your will would be done here as it is in heaven. We thank You for the meal we had. We thank You for the provision that You, you, you bring to us. Let us never take it for granted. These, Lord, that we've written here on this prayer card are our requests being made known to You. We ask that Your will in the instances here be done. Teach us tonight, Lord, from Your Word and the book of Galatians. In Jesus' name, Amen. Picture. I forgot to do one last week. A lot of people kind of Yeah. I'll never forget we was having the men's breakfast study as Jim Foster and uh, Tom Vi. They're both gone now. And uh, Jim uh, said turn to uh, Colossians. And um, so we turn, so go to chapter 3 and start at the beginning. And so he starts reading. Now, Tom Vi was a hard stickler for King James only, which I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I'm not King James only, but I don't have a problem with somebody being of that mindset. That is our most faithful and most proven and used translation for 400 plus years now, right? But uh, Jim's reading along, and Tom interrupts him and says, what kind of 
messed up Bible you trying to read out read to me out of here. Jim said, What do you mean? He said, This is the King James Version. Tom said it absolutely is not. That's not anything like what I'm seeing here. He said, Galatians chapter three. He said, That's where I'm at. You know, Galatians chapter three. <laughs> so there was a little bit lost in the translation there. You think you might have recognized Paul's handwriting and stuff anyway? You will. Uh, okay, so chapter one, beginning of Galatians. So thank you, sweetie. Love you. If you ever get heartburn, there's nothing better than some bacon soda and some water to stir it up and drink it. And I don't have any now, but she's taking care of me in case I do. Because usually when I eat like I just got done eating, I end up getting a little bit of heartburn there. Chapter 1 of Galatians. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised Him from the dead. Paul begins by telling us who he is. That makes a lot more sense than the way letters somehow began to be handled by... You read the whole letter to get to the end of it, and then they sign their name. And I guess people just got in the habit of going to the last page or the end of the letter and saying, who's this from, or whatever. Or maybe if it was in an envelope, they knew who it was from by the return address. I don't know. But to me, in this instance in particular, a lot of the folks who would have gotten this letter would not have known who it was from. So he's getting that out of the way right up front. He said he's not, uh, he's an apostle, but not something that men did. And, you know, it was by Jesus Christ and God the Father. So Paul was made an apostle to the Gentiles. Now this letter to this Galatian church is in response to the fact that they are starting to fall back into keeping the law, being under the law. Now that's a satanic teaching that you're under the law and you have to uh, do this right and that right and the worst uh, expression of it is when they, oh, they call it Hebrew roots. You've got to keep all these feasts. You've got to keep the Sabbath on Saturday. Um, so many of the things that were in the Mosaic Law, the Hebrew roots teachers say, you have to do this stuff. You're going to run into it. But there's kind of a modern day version of that same thing. And, and you see that. Well, you can't just go wild out there. You can't just start sinning. I mean, you'll, you'll stumble and go straight into hell. If you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and you're made regenerate, you don't stumble and go straight into hell. Now, you might get chastened. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Let's talk about communion. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many of you are weak and sickly among you. Many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Meaning they've already died. Their, their body died. Your soul doesn't die. No one's soul dies. The soul is not made of something that can die. You know, and I tell people in our shooting classes when I talk about the subconscious mind and everything that it takes in, and I say how it uses the brain as an instrument to work the body through this life we're living. The body is not you. Your mind uses the brain like you use a computer or your cell phone. It's a tool. The brain is a tool but through which the mind uses to navigate us through this existence. He said, your mind's not made out of anything that can die. Therefore, you will be conscious forever. You will be conscious forever. And that's something worth considering, is it not? A man should examine himself then, 
and not eat and drink damnation to himself. Verse 31, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Don't miss that. First of all, if you judge yourself, you're not going to come under judgment. If you catch that mistake, you say, Lord, I didn't mean to think that way. I didn't mean to say that. Forgive me. You're good. But if you don't, and you keep right on with that resentment or anger or vengeful spirit, well, you'll get judged. You'll be chastened. God will chasten you. Why would He do that? so that you should not be condemned with the world. That's why I would do that. You don't sin your way into hell after getting saved. Now you can sin your way into a hell of a mess, <laughs> but you're not lost to hell. If we love the Lord, we should uh, try to keep His commands. And His rewards. That's right. Okay, so Paul had others with him and all the brethren which are with me, verse 2 of Galatians 1, unto the churches of Galatia. Churches, assemblies. This is like a church. The early church, they met in homes. They met in houses. The church is the body of Christ. It's not some big structure with a steeple and stained glass windows and stuff like that. I can't help but think every time I hear of a stained glass window. I'm a Raymond Chandler fan, a Philip Marlowe detective. You know, Raymond Chandler wrote the, and he had some of the best uh, ways with words um, and metaphors. Talking about this big mafia type thug standing in front of a nightclub. He said he was about as inconspicuous as a tarantula on a piece of angel food cake. But his best one to do with the stained glass window. He said, she was a blonde. A blonde to make a bishop kick a hole in a stained glass window. <laughs> That's my favorite Raymond Chandler metaphor. <laughs> or whatever you put it. So, um, he said, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is getting ready to dig into these people. He's getting ready to take the gloves off through the next six chapters. But he still tells them that coming into this, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Don't miss that. Another gospel. What is the true gospel? That God so loved the world that whosoever believeth on His Son Jesus Christ would be saved. Not by works, but by simple faith in Jesus Christ, who is God. Which is not another not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Well, how are they going to pervert the gospel of Christ? Let's read on. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. These are your Mormon verses here. What do they call the Book of Mormon? Another Testament. That word another, there it is. And how did they get that book? By some angel. Moroni, they called it. I think the Holy Spirit said, call this thing Moroni because it's a moronic idea. I yeah. There's some really good people though that kind of caught up in that and you can't help you're raised in a certain way of thinking. But God 
the way salvation happens, God looks on the heart. That's what He said in this is 1 Samuel 16. He was choosing King David. And while they all thought, no, it wouldn't be David. He's just a smaller guy, ruddy complexion. Wasn't it Saul that was a head taller and figured it'd be him, right? Um, David was chosen to be that king, this certain king. He was only about 16 at this time, but uh, you know Samuel, the prophet, said, "Don't look on the outward appearance." God has rejected this guy over here, this tall guy. He said, God looks on the heart. Well, this is David out there in the field, you know, um, just doing his thing. But God looked at how he conducted his life. Forrest and I ate the day before yesterday at this Wendy's on Main Street, and the lady was just as kind as she could be and as upbeat and happy on the intercom and you know, uh, cut up a little bit at the window about I was taking too much of the barbecue sauce. <laughs> and um, I don't know if she's serious or not, but she was joking. So we got her food and pulled on around and parked in the back of the parking lot was the truck eating, and I could hear her on the intercom with everyone who ordered. Well, you know, most people that, that run that drive-through, Ariel, her daughter, said that's the worst job in that, in that crew. It's hard. And you're dealing directly with people that want to snap at you. And, uh, which is real dumb, by the way. Do not mm-hmm. snap at someone who has access to your food before it gets, gets <laughs> you, right? Um, but I thought, this is very nice. It's very refreshing that someone could have what most people consider one of the crummiest jobs going and be happy about it. I think she's 40-something years old, probably. And I just, I hadn't given anything. I hadn't tithed or anything. And I know God convicted me. Give it to her. But tell her why. Because the Lord had you do it. So I ordered one of them teeny little Frosties and made another round. And said, you got a beautiful spirit. I've heard how you interacting with everybody. is rare. You know, here. She, she cried. I drove off. <laughs> but God looks on the heart and then, you know, we see Jesus say in one place in Matthew and elsewhere, no one comes to me except the Father draw them to me. No one comes to me except the Father draws them to me. What do you think? God just spins some cosmic lottery wheel or flips a coin or shoots craps? to see who he's going to put in hell and who he's going to save? No. He's got reasons. Has he told us about what those reasons are? Sure. Over and over throughout the New Testament or Old Testament, how do you how you please God and how you fail to please God? Starts with Cain and Abel. Abel brought a blood sacrifice, Cain brought some vegetables. God wasn't pleased with what Cain brought, and Cain was so jealous, he killed his brother. God was pleased with Abel. Is that because Abel had been evangelized? Is that because somebody knocked on Abel's door and said, can I tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ? No, it's how he was living. Had a Jehovah Witness lady come by yesterday. You too? Oh, did she come to your house? (laughs) <laughs> well they making the rounds I said I'm I'm a Bible teacher I'm a Christian you'd be wasting your time on me but you know and I kind of said to have a good day and I thought have I just have I just broken scripture where you're not supposed <laughs> to wish them a good day I, I wasn't wanting to be rude I don't think God would have me be rude no God looks on our hearts and how you conduct your life and you can choose the good or the bad. And, and if you would look in Isaiah chapter 7, um, I 
and we're familiar with this passage starting in verse 14 of Isaiah 7. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Would you believe I heard somebody that purported to be a minister of the Word of God say, well, virgin, that's just Alma. That's Hebrew Alma. No, that's true. doesn't mean that she was like not experienced with men. It just means she's a young girl. That's not a sign. Young girls get knocked up all the time in those days, just like now. This is a sign. This Alma also means pure in her body. She'll conceive, bear a son, and she'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, this is what Jesus did. He came here to be with us. And he is God. He's God's body. We're body, soul, and spirit made in his image. He's got a body, and soul, and spirit, and God's body is Jesus Christ. Verse 15, Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. Um, So apparently there is an age where we get to that we know the difference between good and bad. Do you think that some of these young gangbangers or Mexican cartel members 16, 18, 20 years old do you think they don't know that they're doing wrong when they kill people? Surely they know that's wrong. Now your evolutionist, uh, well this is survival of the fittest. Evolution doesn't have any room for human conscience. Your conscience, it bothers you. Well, that's, that's the Lord. He's written this on your heart as a human being. You know, because He made sure that you would know. But some people choose the wrong. They like wrong. They like darkness instead of light. God does not call those people to Himself through Jesus Christ. The ones that He calls to Himself through Christ are the ones who He observes and then draws them by His Holy Spirit. Stephen rebuked those Pharisees in Acts chapter 7. He said, you always, you're stiff-necked and hard of heart people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. How do you resist the Holy Spirit? Knowing what He's telling you to do and doing something else. You can, according to that passage, resist the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the, what the Word says. So, um, Christ gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Verse 5, To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I know I read that once, but since it seemed to fit back on top of this, I thought I'd pick it back up. They have chosen another gospel. In this case, it was not Mormonism because Mormonism hadn't been invented. There were some really cultish religions invented in the mid to late 1800s. Here's where your Seventh-day Adventists come from. Your Mormons pop out of the the woods there. Your uh, Jehovah Witnesses. All in the late 1800s. Right through there. Civil War time. I saw somebody put a picture of an A1 steak sauce. And it's on there. I see it. Next time you look at a bottle of A1 steak sauce, it said established in 1862. And the fellow said, can you imagine 
like right in the middle of the bloodiest war America has ever involved in. Some guy says, you know what this country needs is a good steak sauce. <laughs> but it has endured. I don't put it on my steak unless it's a bad cut of meat. It's really good on a baked potato. Really good on a baked potato. Yeah. All right. They usually get that. What's in their sauce? Worcestershire. What's this here sauce? Foster Brooks come up with that on the Dean Martin celebrity roast. Remember Foster Brooks? He was a teetotaler. He never had a drink. But boy, he could make you think he was drunk. That's like Dick Van Dyke. He could do that too. So this is another gospel. And they're believing this other thing. Verse 10, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it. But by the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus taught that directly to Paul. For you have heard of my conversation in time past. That word conversation, King James, it just means that's how I live. That was my conversation. This is my daily doings and how I dealt with other people. In times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers one wonders you know Paul was zealous he wasn't Paul then he was Saul Saul of Tarsus God could see he was zealous for what he believed was right maybe that had something to do with him being called we can only speculate Verse 15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter, and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold before God, I, will, I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuteth us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. So the churches are saying, this man used to persecute us, he killed many of us, but now he's a real Christian. Chapter 2, Then fourteen years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and took Titus also with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or have run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. The um, Judaizers were telling all the Christians, yeah, you need to be circumcised. You need to do this. You need to keep the law. And Paul said, you know, Titus, who was with me, a Greek, Gentile, he, did, he wasn't compelled to be circumcised. Verse 4, And that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Do you think there are any cults 
or any doctrines of men out there today that these people will join up in a congregation and they'll start working on it. They'll start saying, well, are you are you keeping the Levitical feasts? Uh, when do you keep the Sabbath? On Saturday when you're supposed to? Or are you doing it on Sunday with the heathens? They infiltrate because they don't have the Holy Spirit. We, we hate to do this. We hate to point at someone and say, you know what? You don't have the Holy Spirit. There's no point in telling somebody that doesn't have the Holy Spirit that they don't. But you can tell the people that they're having influence over. You can be a great teacher and not have the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts, late in Acts chapter 18. We'll come back to Galatians in a little bit. Um, Acts near the end, 18. You've got some of these folks out there now. Verse 24 of Acts 18, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the Scriptures. Don't miss that. Mighty in the Scriptures. He knew this Word. He came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Why is the Holy Spirit telling us this? It's interesting. It's important to know. Apollos was powerful in word and in teaching, but he only had the baptism of John. He had zeal. He wanted to do it, but he only had the baptism of John. Verse 26, And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the Scriptures, that Jesus was the Christ. Then he received the Holy Spirit through counsel with these other two believers, this man and wife. We trust that could be so. Look at chapter 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost? That's what you're going to see the Holy Spirit called in the King James. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So they have believed that they do not have the Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. This is very troubling for your Church of Christ um, denomination because they believe that the act of water baptism causes the Holy Spirit to come to you. Well, of course, they base that largely, I guess, on when John the Baptist baptized Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit came down. Now, Jesus Christ is God's body. He's in one place at one time. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, He too was omniscient. He knew everything. He knew the thoughts of men's hearts. You see this throughout the Gospels. Jesus knew and he also knew what would happen in the future. Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Things like that. So, these believers, that's what they're called, isn't it? Paul, having passed through Upper Coast, came unto Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, they're following the way. Disciples are followers, right? But they don't have the Holy Ghost, they never heard of it. 
And he said, what baptism did you get? Well, John's baptism. That's a water baptism. Did that save them? Absolutely not. If you're not sealed with the Holy Spirit, you're not getting saved. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on Him which should come after Him. That is, on Christ Jesus. Interesting verse here. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Something happened to them spiritually that changed in a good way. They baptized. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means they know without a doubt who He is. They know it not just in their conscious minds, but in their spirit, in their very spirit. And look what happens next. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve, speaking in tongues. The um, language barrier was pretty, pretty hard to breach early in the days of the church and in places now it is. The spirit gift of speaking in tongues took care of that. That's not so needed these days. If you're out fellowshipping or trying to bring English-speaking believers into the kingdom of God, you don't need to go, I'm making the back out of the window, I see my tie, see my tie. You don't need to do that. Speaking in tongues has got its place. There are spirit gifts delineated in 1 Corinthians 12. Paul diminishes the use of tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. He said, they're going to think you're crazy. If somebody walks in off the street with this congregation, y'all are all in there rattling around talking in tongues. They're going to think you're nuts. Why don't you prophesy? Instead, prophesying and telling that man about himself. Jesus did this to the woman at the well. I guess is that John chapter 4. He said, I know that you don't have a husband. You've been married four times and the man you're with now is not your husband. She says, sir, I perceive you're some kind of a prophet. <laughs> but Christians can do that with that Holy Spirit gift. We just tend not to believe that we can and we tend to quench the Spirit rather than speak it up. can't be your idea. It's got to be God's. Nothing good will be done in the kingdom of God. It's not God's idea. So, uh, we're back to Galatians chapter 1. I was almost done with the first chapter. Or was I? No, I was done with the first chapter. We're in chapter 2. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. This is where he says that Titus wasn't even compelled to be circumcised. Jump to chapter verse 4. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came privileged to spy us out, you know, uh, and we have that today. You know, you will have people that have that they kind of keep a secret heresy card in, in your in your fellowship, and they'll spring it at some. We we fellowship about two years ago, a little bit longer, for a while, and then then they started bringing out this uh, William Branham crap. That's a cult, and the serpent seed. You know, saying that you know if you're you're, you're a human being, you might be. One of the devil's children, you can't be saved. Stuff like that. So they slip in. And then they start, if you give them foothold. Verse 6, But of those of these who seem to be somewhat whatever they were, make it no matter to me, God accepteth no man's person. For they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing unto me, Verse 7, But contrariwise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of circumcision was unto Peter. Peter was an apostle to the Jews. 
For he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the Jews, the same was mightily in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, Cephas is Peter, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me Barnabas, the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision. Paul and Barnabas went to the Gentiles, who were heathens, apparently. <laughs> Verse 10, Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. He wanted to remember the poor. But when Peter was come unto Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before that certain men, certain ones came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision, fearing these Hebrews. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that as a man, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Many uh, congregations today have just a little bit of works worked in. Uh, some, um, some pastors will lay on tithing sermons and make you call your, your, your salvation into question if you're not tithing. Should you give? Of course you should. Does it have to be to an organized church? It could be. If it's a good church, but it doesn't have to be. Reverend Farnsworth. <laughs> that was on the. That was Orly Army. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Farnsworth. That was in uh, Fletch. Yeah, Fletch. Was yeah. it the second one, Fletch Lewis? I think it, I think it might have been the second. Yeah. Can you? Orly Army was a was a shyster. Uh, you know, uh, money. Yeah, televangelist money changer. That was funny. And I kept, when I first saw that, I kept saying, I can't put my finger on. Who is that? Who is that guy? And it was Arlie Army. Was that when he was Claude Smooth? Was that? Is that when he was Claude Smooth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, that was it. (laughs) 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 It was the same in the movie, Elmo Gantry. Right. He was like a shyster. Shyster. Well, you're going to have them. They're out there. But um, these congregations, or these, uh, I should say, these uh, church committees and coming from the pulpit as well, don't show up here without your Sunday best on. That's an affront to God. Well, not everybody's got a Sunday best. And we have it in James that if you look down on someone because of what they're wearing, then you displeased the Lord. You've displeased Him. I've heard tell churches sending somebody who's been missing from the congregation for you know two or three weeks, sending them a bill. Here's your tithes. You owe your tithes. Yeah. Now, does that sound like God? You know it's not God. You know it isn't. You see that? That's all you need to know about that congregation. I see it a couple of times a day, sometimes at least once a day. Some 
Facebook post from somebody, you know, you need to get to church. Get down to the church. You need to be church. As though any old church is just fine. As, as though you might not end up in worse shape going to a bad church under false teaching than you would just sitting at home and, you know, watching cartoons. Because you can be taught lies. And a lot of these congregations are being taught lies. Along the lines of what Peter was doing here, teaching the Gentile believers that they needed to keep the law. And that they, you know, Peter's like, I can't sit and eat with you all because, you know, you're you're not clean. I think it was more like, you know that story you tell about riding your motorcycle and wanting to hide the Bible when some people came mm-hmm. up. And I think that's more like what Peter was doing. <laughs> Probably, probably, probably embarrassed. Don't, yeah, I don't, don't want to be seen by this group of people as that person. Yeah, but then the the gospel has been clearly taught to him. Yeah, and but you know we can all be that person, I guess. I mentioned it a lot. Peter was that guy. He was that dude at Pentecost. He belted out that sermon. In a, in a heavenly language and 3,000 people of different languages heard it in their own language and, and came to salvation through Jesus Christ. That was Peter. And then Peter's over here doing this. And did he listen to Paul? I don't think so. Paul no, stood in his face. Yeah, and he argued with God in Acts chapter 10. God lowers the sheet and all these animals on there and, and he says, Peter, go and kill and eat. Because Peter was hungry. And he was not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. My God was like, oh, let me check my notes. You know what, Peter, you're right. Carry on. He told him to go and kill and eat. And he and eventually he says that, uh, don't call anything unclean which I have made clean. Now that had not only to do with the animals that you could eat, but primarily to do with the Gentile people because Peter had been looking at Gentiles as unclean. Unclean animals. Not going to fellowship with you. Not going to eat with you. Don't want anything to do with you. I'm, a, I'm the apostle to the, to the Jewish people. You uh, Gentiles just cut a wide path. But God loved Peter and God used Peter. So if we make mistakes... And we get caught up in some false doctrine, and you will, off and on through your service to the Lord in this life, end up believing certain things that are not not exactly true. And I don't think anybody's immune. No human being is immune. Okay, I'm going to pivot to something else if we've got enough time. Yeah, we've got about seven or eight minutes, so... I um, have been watching these reports and they're compounding. UFO sightings, military officers coming to the cameras, confirming UFOs, confirming all this stuff. Just today. They've seen a debris field at the ocean floor suspected to be crashed alien aircraft. This is on mainstream news media. It never used to be that. Never used to be that way. But now we're being force-fed that stuff, seemingly. Showing pictures, videos. And yes, these things exist. And we talked maybe even last week about about this to, to an extent. And I talked about that I had seen them. Um... I think the rapture is that close. They want to be able to say that the aliens took them. The aliens have come and taken certain people and left others because these people were deemed not fit for going on with society. Um... 
pay attention. I don't watch a lot of news, but I do see Twitter news feeds and the stuff on Twitter is, and especially some of the stuff Tucker Carlson, watch Tucker Carlson, he is, guns are blazing. I mean, he is free to say what he wants to say, and he is saying it. Yeah, he does. I mean, he should be on our prayer list. Pray for that man and his family. Um, How close are we to, say, turning on the TV or checking in on your computer? Emergency press conference at the White House lawn. And here's one of them, or more than one of them. And by looking at them, you could tell they're not human. They're a little bit like human, but not really. Kind of like Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, but that dude does look strange. You think he, he uh, even, uh, Musk is going to get into and have that fight or not? I don't know. Uh, but. I think God has left us with some outlets of information if you know where to look. But you've got to know where to look. I mean, there was a time like the river was plentiful. You could cast in anywhere and pull out your limit, right? Not now. You've got to know those spots. You've got to know that little secret fishing hole to go get something. That's... And then there's stuff that's just totally bogus. There's some of this stuff is clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. You know, um, this one guy, Watchman River, I think he calls himself. Nice guy. I guess he's well-meaning. But these people are making money on his YouTube channels. So they're going to put a, a a little lead-in, a little teaser out there to make you click that and watch that channel, watch that show. Because um, they get money. Now, he's been claiming the rapture is right upon us for at least three years. I mean, it's uh, it's gotten really, really old. Are we closer to it than we've ever been? Of course, time marches on, and this advent of this 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 open, willing discussion about aliens is really convincing me that the enemy, the cabal headed by Satan, is expecting the Lord to come and get His church very, very soon. And we need to uh, you know, pray up and be ready. Um, my view of the rapture event is we will be given a two-week heads up. It's biblical. It's in the Feast of Leviticus 23. I think that two-week heads up starts at Rosh Hashanah trumpets at midnight the cry rang out the bridegroom comes get yourselves ready trim your lamps you're getting ready getting ready here he comes and you're praying and you're repenting and this is Yom Kippur and then on tabernacles the full moon which in Proverbs 7 says my master will come back on a full moon full moon not the new moon that's Rosh Hashanah full moon tabernacle um, that's this September the next time that comes around could it be this September? of course could it be tomorrow? yeah, I could be wrong as the day is long but he's given us a lot to look at and a lot to consider so that maybe we would not be in the dark as Paul said you brethren are not going to be caught off guard or in the dark or caught by surprise I think a lot of believers are going to be. A lot of them don't even believe the church will get raptured. I was looking into some of that Branhamism stuff the other day. That's kingdom now. That's what that is. I, I read the website of that one church down in Blacksburg. said that uh, the Lord will return when we prepare the planet in accordance with His approval. Now, that didn't come out of the Bible. It's all getting better. That came out of uh, William Branham's... Uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. But um, No, things are going to get bad. 
the last days are spoken of in Paul's letters to Timothy, how bad it's going to get. And what? It is, but remember this: people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and buying and selling, and then boom, it came, right? So that could be this year. Wouldn't that be nice? Of course it would. I'll be looking for next year personally if it doesn't happen by September in the feast this year. That's my personal opinion. I would not be dogmatic about it. But to me, it makes sense. Everybody ready? Any questions? Okay. Join hands. Uh, Ron, I hadn't had you close us in a while.